Well, in our first section, uh, we, we talk about personal vision. We want to combine a little bit of both personal vision and collective vision. But in this session, we're going to be talking more about how to be a successful leader when you have a vision for your church and people don't embrace what you're visioning. Uh, you get discouraged. You get uh, to the point that uh, I don't know how many of you have said, you know what, I will not even try it anymore. Um, but hopefully this presentation will help you to understand how to reach those kind of people and not to be discouraged. Because I do believe that God have every person, every person in the church have a vision that can be so beneficial for the body of Christ uh, if people embrace it, of course. So we're going to be talking about that. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much one more time for allowing us to uh, study about vision. Lord, we have seen personal vision, but we're going to see now collective vision. What that means for each one of us. What that means for your body. What that means for the church. Lord, help us to be wise. Help us uh, to have discernment uh, when it comes to approach people and, and embrace uh, together the vision that your church could finish the work that you have sent us to do. Thank you for listening to our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, the number one thing that we need to see when we talk about vision for your church, you need to be aware of your congregation or your people that you are surrounded with. Uh, this is very, very important how just to start. Uh, first of all, learn this little phrase. Do you, do you know uh, this phrase we can say? Da Davi? Da Davi. David. Okay. Look at this. David. <laughs> I thought that I was missing something. but David. In church you will have people that are devoted. People that whatever, at whatever time you call them, it doesn't matter. You tell them to do something, they will do it. People that are uh, capable, people that are faithful, people that are committed, and people that always are the least complainers in church because they're always busy doing the things that the Word says that they need to be done. So one thing that you need to do when you embrace, you know, you want to sell vision in your department, let's, say, let's suppose that you are in charge of the youth leader department. In, this, in, in that department, you will have people, this kind of people, that we're going to see today. So the first thing that you need to do in order to cast vision into your congregation, you need to know, well, your people. You remember what we talked about uh, in the first presentation. You need to have an accurate understanding of God, accurate understanding of self. But when it comes to churches, accurate understanding of people, an accurate understanding of opportunity. That's, that's, that remains the same. So understanding God, understanding people, an understanding opportunity. Devoted people, always protect them. Always have them in priority in your list. Meaning, for example, when I got to the church, I did a gift inventory. And in the first year, I observed the church to see how they were doing. But the second, by the second year, I knew already with whom I can count and whom I have to be away from. Uh, it's important to understand that because vision, you remember what Jesus said, the, the wheat and the, and the tear will always grow together. So when you come with God's vision, Satan's that have his own people sometimes sitting in church worshiping with you will embrace those people to destroy your vision for the church. Now this is important to understand. You need to understand devoted people in your department. Whether music, whether any department that you are in charge, in church, when it comes to vision for the church, you need to know devoted people. Avoid what it says, sports fan. Let me explain what that means. People that are always praising you and saying, let's go, let's do it, they are the fan in the church. Avoid them. Let me tell you why. It is important to understand. Uh, welcome. 
We're talking about vision uh, for the church right now. Avoid fan. I don't know uh, how many of you have done this in the past, but when I was in college, and even when I was not in college, I always have good friends and bad friends. Have you have both of them? Uh, you know, good friends, when they see you doing something wrong, they will stop you. Bad friend always going to praise you when you're doing something bad. Or they will, oh, just, just, just do it. You want to jump? Uh, yeah, just, just jump, jump, jump. Here we, go. we are here for you. Jump, jump. But when you do that, they are not the one that's jumping. You are the one that is jumping. You follow what I'm saying? In church, you will have people that will come with great ideas and say, Pastor, I have this great idea. I want you to do it. Because you are the one that's going to be exercising that vision, that idea. And they are the big fan, but just only fans. So in church, you need to understand people. Remember what I said one more time. Vision, people that have an accurate vision for their life understand God accurate. And they understand people accurate. And they understand circumstances accurate. So this is important. We have people that are vessel in church. Those poor people, you can, they throw everything, the good and the bad to those people. They are the recipient people of the church. They are good to understand because when you cast in vision, you have to have in perspective all kind of people because um, uh, well-known, uh, well-known successful companies always have this in mind. Success depends not in having people in the bus, on the bus, but having people sitting in the bus in the right seat on the bus. I'm saying in the bus is right or is on the bus? Eh? Yes, sitting in the right seat on the bus. Now, in the bus, right? I always confuse. Yes. In the bus, in, in the in the in the bus. Help me out here. True success in life is getting people sitting in the right seat in the bus. Uh, uh, that's how churches run. Uh, Sometimes when it comes to nominating committee, we make the big mistake. We don't have people. Let's put somebody. That's the worst thing that you could do because you have a whole year of suffering having someone that is not capable. To do the right thing at that moment. So it is important. If you don't have something. I always say this to my churches. If we don't have people for the ministry. Let's cut it out for, for, for this year. And next year if we have somebody else. That is capable. Let's put it on. But don't add. Don't do things just because of doing it. Because you will pay the price. So you will have devoted people. Go away from the fan. Now by the way. You remember in the Bible. When a fan was shouting uh, Peter. Uh, These men's are... Men's of God. These men are men's of God. Do you remember that story? And Peter was tired of that. And he looked at that, uh, that demon-possessed girl. You remember that? He said, get away from me, Satan. And, and, and basically stopped them right there. Because it was destroying the ministry. Sometimes people that praise you are the ones that destroy your ministry. Remember that. Not always people that shake your hands at the door and say, great message, Pastor. Or great Great thing you had done, leader in church. Are people supporting you? That doesn't work always that, that way. So avoid, fan, you have vessels, you will have vessels. You will have people that are so quiet that you don't even know what they think. Those people are very important to understand when it comes to casting vision for corporate vision for your church. And then you will have the dreaming. The driven people are good but bad at the same time. Because the driven people, when they put something in their mind, it doesn't matter who gets in the middle. It doesn't matter how much suffering they can cause. It doesn't matter how much division they can cause. They move forward regardless. Now, driven people are really good for visioning, but you have to use it in the right moment at the right time. I remember one of my favorite quotes from Sister Wise says, a true presented in a wrong moment is as damaging as a lie. In other words, using resources or using even the Bible in the wrong moment can damage 
your vision for your church. So that's very important to understand uh, about that. Where we are going, we're going to see why vision, what is vision, we're going to see complement part of vision, we're going to see personal vision, we saw that one already, I'm sorry for those that were not here, corporate vision, and we're going to see implementing vision. Why vision? Look what this says, Uh, we read this one, we uh, conclude that the critical issue is not this is talking about companies, but this is applies to churches as well. We conclude that the critical issue is not whether a company has the right core vision or core uh, ideology, but rather whether it, is, whether it has a core vision that is likable or not. The key success when you're presenting something to the church is not that it's right only, People say, well, this is what the Bible says and it's right and we should implement it regardless what happened. No, it doesn't work like that. You're trying to do that. You divide churches. You destroy churches. You have to have the truth of God when you presented uh, your vision, but also you have to make it likable. I always tell people that when the church doesn't embrace your vision, the church is not the one that failed. You are the one that failed because you didn't present it in a way that it was likable. So it's important. So far, you guys follow me? So this is very important. That give guidance and inspiration to people inside the company. Which, by the way, people when, they are, when people are inspired, they are capable of doing things that you, it will blow your mind. But when people don't get any inspiration of what you are saying or what you are presenting, come here, right out here, and say, I'm looking forward to get out of there. So true visioning, vision for your church, and even for your own personal life, has to be likable, has to be based in true, and you have to use people in the right time at the right moment. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. A great vision. A great vision always, learn this, always have something to do. People have great vision. What a great vision, but they have nothing to do. Great vision always have something to do, something to love. And something to look forward to. That's how we fail in church. Especially when it comes to this part. I love to do this for the church. I love this. But in people's mind they think. Okay what benefit that give me in the near future. What idea, what the idea that you presenting to me. What, will, what, what benefit will bring to my church. So when you sell a vision to people, when you sell something to people, you have to understand that people need to have something to do, something that they feel love about something, and looking forward, uh, something to look forward. Now, listen to this. This is what it is. Something to do give you what? Faith. Something to love give you love. Something to look forward give you hope. Now, why this is so in, in important? Something to do is based on the truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? So, when you present in a vision, remember what we said the last time we meet over here? We said that vision is about the foundation of a good vision is in the word of God. God is a visionary uh, God and he gave each one of us, he has given each one of us a vision for our life but it had to be based in the truth, had to be based in love. By the way, this is something, this is something that people lack today. These three things. These two things, especially those two things. Love and hope. If your vision doesn't bring love or doesn't bring unity, I don't care how good vision you have, 
it doesn't work with churches. People need to feel, okay, if I embrace that vision, that vision will actually help me to love one another more or to do something that I really love. That is really, that, that's why it's so important. That's why not everybody can do the same job. Even though you may be capable to do the same job, not everybody can do the same job because everybody loves different things. So if I see that you are good uh, welcoming people and you love that, and I see this person that is, uh, uh, that is, is, is very quiet, um, very reserved, is afraid of people, why in the world I will put her in the nominating committee to be the one that gave welcome in front of people? I will put her to do or, or him to do something that he hates. It will not bring love and passion to them. So that's why it's so important to know your people when it comes to visioning. Uh, and give us hope. That, that is the, the, the whole idea. Give us hope. Vision is equal hope. Now to see what is vision. Vision verse. We have a, a very interesting verse over here. I put different translation for you to see it in a nutshell what it, in what it means. But... Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, people perish. Look at it over here, and another different translation. Where there is no vision, no revelation, the people cast off restraint. You, when you see your church entangled in problems, that's a clear demonstration that the church doesn't have a clear vision. Because when you don't have a vision for your life, people cast all restraint. Now listen another one. Where there is no vision, the people run wild. I have seen some churches that they run really wild. And when you look into their history, it's not because they are bad people. They are wonderful people. The only thing is they don't have a sense of direction where they heading in their own personal life or in their spiritual life. They don't have vision. So one of the things we need to create when we talk about churches is create vision. By the way, the same thing happens in a personal level. When you are running wild, it's because you don't have a sense of vision for your own personal life. Look at this one. When there is, when there is ignorance of God, the people run wild. Remember what we said about vision? Vision is having a clear understanding of who God is. Clear understanding of self, meaning to the congregation in this case, because we're talking about the congregation, and uh, an opportunity. In the last one, where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. By the way, Prophecy sometimes is a big issue. A lot of people sometimes they don't believe in, the, in some prophets. It is important to believe our prophets because the prophets give us vision for the future. And you know through the history of the Israelites, one thing they did when they didn't like the prophet, what they did with them? Kill them. That's why they were a time in darkness. Let, let, me, let me throw this at you. We are living in the last day, church. And there is a lot of people that they profess calling themselves Seventh-day Adventist people, and they don't believe in L.N.G.Y. Now, I know that through history, they have been misused, and that's what creates chaos. But I want to let you know, you ignore what you said, the prophecy. You ignore what the Bible says. You put in yourself to be blind without vision. And when you don't have vision, very clear. You run wild, and you will perish. Very, very clear. Was well, there is not a prophetic vision that people cast off restraint. Now, we talk about vision. Let's talk about, again, what, what I said about vision. This is important. Vision, it's good to have a vision. Yes or no? Absolutely. Now, let me ask you a, a sincere question. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to answer me, but this is for your own meditation. How many of you have a vision for your own personal life for this coming year? Have you done it? Do you have a vision for your family? 
Do you have a vision for, you, for, 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 for your church? Do you have a personal vision? That is important. Vision is always based in the Word of God. Why that is so important? We are Christian folks. Uh, there are all kinds of vision. Uh, business vision, financial vision, but uh, we are not interested in, in, in that in that sense because we understand that if we base our vision in the Word of God, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added unto you. So if you are a visionary man or a visionary woman, you will always take time to study the Word of God. You know, it's very interesting. A research was done with pastors. And uh, that research shows something very alarming. Sometimes they spend only five minutes in prayer. Now think about how many of us pray constantly. Paul says, pray without ceasing. See, when you pray, when you pray, you communicate with God. When you read the Bible, God communicates with you. So it's a combination. In order to have vision, we need to base it in the Word of God. Why? Because Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless God build the house, you work in vain. I always say this, if you are a leader in the church, and if you want to be successful in casting vision for your department in church, the first thing that you need to do is gather up your group, not for planning, but for praying and fasting and studying the Word of God that God can give them the vision that you will implement later on in the future. But guess what we do? We do the planning first and we console later. That's why we fail in life. That's why we fail in vision. That's why, that's why God sometimes is knocking at the door. See, do you, do you see the, the, the church of Laodicea? Very interesting church. I have need of nothing. And who is knocking outside? God is not inside. We have beautiful choirs. We have beautiful things. We have a large church. We have a good financial bank account. But God is not in the heart. Unless God build the house, the workers work in vain. So if you want to cast a vision for your own personal life and also for your church, the first thing you need to do is gather people. Pray. 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 I'm in the process of doing nominating committee in my church. When I go back, I have been praying with the church for the last month. Pray and fasting. Pray and fasting. I don't know what God will, will do with the church, but I know God is the one that knows the heart of people. And you, you could be totally confused about people's life. You can say, this is the one, Lord, and God could tell you, no, it's not that one. I have rejected that one. It is this one because God doesn't look the appearance, but He looks the heart. So that is important when it comes to casting vision. We need to make God first. Current reality. Once again, I want to touch base in that, and uh, we're going to read something in a minute, but I want to show you Current reality always is important to understand. When you go to your department in, in the church, you need to understand your current reality in the church. Young people, if you wanted to do something with the church and you want to cast a beautiful vision, but if you don't understand the current reality of your church at that level, it is important because if, if you get something totally wrong about your current reality, that church will not move forward. That church will not embrace that vision. Uh, we said last time that current reality uh, is the present. Vision is the future. Good vision connects the present with the future. Now I want to show you. Uh, I want to show you through a reading right now. Why it's so important to understand current reality. By the way. This is one of the most successful way of Satan destroying vision for your personal level and for your life. And uh, in this case, we're going to talk about the Pharisee. For example, we, we always say, why the Pharisee were so stubborn and they didn't want to embrace God? Because 
they did not understood their current reality. And that is so profound. It is important to understand your current reality. And so I want to ask you, uh, my helper over here, come and, and help me reading. I, I'm going to give this to her. Current, Listen carefully. Current reality. Current reality deals with transparency and integrity. Likewise, Jesus, when Jesus attacked the Pharisees for being hypocrites, he was not condemning them for pretending to be good in public, while in private they lived by entirely different standards. That's not it at all. He blasted them because they were in fact self-righteously convinced of their own goodness and purity. This made them blind to the will of God. The Pharisees were not trying to deceive anyone with an insincere public relations kind of goodness. Rather, they had managed to deceive themselves to the point that they could no longer see their current reality and their sin in their lives. At times, people are not what they claim, not because they are trying to pull the wool over anyone else's eyes, but because they don't know themselves. They claim to be certain, to be a certain kind of person, but that is the way they imagine themselves to be. The problem is not one of sincerity, but of self-perception and personal insight. By the very nature of the beast, we see it in others more readily than we see it in ourselves. I remember a friend I had that always said, I'm the sort of person who expects a lot from others because I expect a lot from myself. But in fact, he missed work far more than any of the people he supervised. I also remember him saying, I'm the sort of person who doesn't sweat the small stuff, but who is concerned about the bigger picture. But he had a well-established reputation for being a nitpicker who was incapable of seeing the big picture. Sometimes this sort of self-deception is merely amusing and humorous, but it can be destructive and tragic. When we cling to the gross misperceptions of ourselves, we block out the possibility of growing in the way of truth and reaching our future. When we persist in hanging out to an idealized image of ourselves, we crush the possibility of dealing with our faults in a realistic manner. That is what Jesus condemned in the Pharisees when he called them hypocrites. The problem was not playing acting, but self-righteousness. If we believe we are genuinely and thoroughly good, we then deceive ourselves as did the Pharisees before us. Let us rather acknowledge that we are sinful and set ourselves to the task of imitating the goodness of God. When you pretend to be someone that you are not, eventually you will sincerely become what you are not. The problem is that you will become what you are not, but in your mind only, not in real life. Many people will lose their salvation because of the deception of their mind. The goodness that they pretend to have will become the biggest nightmare in the day of judgment. Thank you. So you got the message? Very clear. So important to understand. We need to, we need to understand our current reality. Our current reality is not always what we think we are. I always heard people saying this, Pastor, I don't care what other people say about me. And I always say, be careful with that. Because one thing is what you think you are, and another thing is what other people think you really are. So sometimes people will give you a true picture of who you are. And it is important. Why? Because vision connect current reality, your present, Vision is connecting your present with your future. But in order to reach your future, remember what we said, you need to understand your current reality. So when we come to church, let's say that you come to church and you are full of energy and you're full of power and you want to do so much for the Lord and you got to the church that 80% of the church is elderly people. Do you understand your current reality? It is important to understand that there are some things that are very good that at one point in life you will not be able to execute at that moment. That is why the Bible talks about wisdom. A lot of people want to do something. Uh, for example, uh, we had a church before that they want to build a temple. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working right now in English-speaking churches, and it, this is something that I have learned with English-speaking churches. They could be few members, but big bank account. In Hispanic congregation, is the opposite. Sometimes you have 300 members in a church, 
but small bank account. And I remember one day that we talk about building a church and, and we begin to dream big. We wanted something big for our church. But when we look at the budget, I remember the, 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 the treasurer came to do a report and he said, Pastor, conference will not give you more than 20% of what you have in the bank. By the way, that is true. Uh, the conference will give you base in your 20%, meaning that when you're building something, they will look at what you have in the account, and based on that, they will give you five times the amount that you have in, sitting in the account. So when we look at our account, we say, okay, we cannot do anything about this. We are broke. We can barely pay our mortgage, and we're planning to build something bigger with a bigger mortgage. Now, people call that lack of faith. I don't call it lack of faith. I believe God can give us the money. But God is, is, is telling each one of us, be a good steward of my money and my finances. And it is important to understand that at that moment, that vision needs to be put in whole. And I need to have a, a, another realistic vision based in my current reality. Ministries sometimes fail in churches because people come with this big idea, but they don't understand what the church stands for. At that current moment. I love to do evangelism. I am very passionate about evangelism. But the current reality of one of my churches. Members are not living. Close by. 35 miles away. They put the church. Because it was cheap at one time. They bought it in a, in a very cheap place. They put it in the middle of the nowhere. And lack of resources. Now, if I try to do, uh, 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 if I push the envelope, two things will happen. Number one, I can split the church. And number two, I can do it and not have any success. And I get the church discouraged and I get myself discouraged. By the way, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, people that are in, in leadership position in the church, sometimes they get discouraged. And when you, when you see why, they say, well, we're trying this, Pastor, but nobody seems to care. Now, it's not that nobody seems to care. I believe that there are people that care in church, but you need to understand where you stand for, when you start at. It is important to understand where you are. And current reality is important. We deal with problems. You see the vision where it goes? Vision is up. Problem is down. So, let's see that you are in charge of the music department or any department in church. And you want, you have this beautiful vision. The first thing that you need to know is what are the problems? Why uh, music ministry have not worked before in this church? Understanding the problem and finding the solution for those problems will help you to accomplish vision in the long run. Do you follow what I'm saying? So it is important to understand that when you talk about problems, problems will not help you to see vision. Problems always run away from vision. What about this one? Personal failures. My dad used to tell me that you can do so many good things in the church or, or in life and the good things always will people will not remember people tend to remember the bad things you do for example when we think about David the first thing people think when they say about he's the great sinner but you know how God described David in the Bible according to my own heart But what people remember? Failure. Now, why this is so vivid and so important for us to understand? Because when you get to a church, you are into a leadership position. 
you want to embrace something new you are a, you bring in fresh blood and fresh ideas and you are sitting with a bunch of people that are going through some struggle in life but at the same time some personal failure you need to address that first Because you could have the great idea you want over here. But if people are over here, it doesn't go nowhere. Now, let me tell you what, what, is, what we fail. In evangelism, a lot of people said that evangelism doesn't work. You know why it doesn't work? Not because it doesn't work. Because the, 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 the Bible says, go ye and make disciples. God make it work. Nothing is impossible for God. But let me tell you what happened. People are here and the vision are here. Created tension. We talk about that in the, in the first time. Created tension. Every time that you have a vision, you will have created tension. By the way, tension is not a bad thing. People are scared when you see people tense in the church. You come with this good idea. You present that idea to the church. And you will have people that embrace it. And people that say, no way. And they start complaining. And, and you know, people that are, doesn't have a backbone, so to speak, they will run away from the vision. You will always have created tension. Created tension, and also you will have emotional tension. We talk about that uh, previously. Created tension could be, uh, you know, we want to accomplish that, uh, build a temple. Okay, if we want to build a temple, we need to uh, cut some ministries in order to save money, or we need to start giving more. It, created ten it creates tension. We need to move on. Uh, we talk, talk about that. Definition. Vision for ministry is a clear mental image of a per preferred future impacted by God to his chosen servant and, and is based on an accurate understanding of God, in this case, your people in church and the circumstances in the church. Corporate vision. In order to understand your church, this is important. How many of you, when you get to a new church, or when you are members of your church, you know all of these things that I'm going to put in, 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 the, in the board? Our purpose. Have you ever asked, when you transfer your membership to a church, what is the purpose of the church? Do you know the purpose of your church? Do you know why you are a member of that church? What do they stand for? What do they, what, what do they embrace? This communicate why every church exists. Do you know the mission of the church? Hmm. Mission statement. Communicate. Uh, especially why our church exists. Not, not, notice that. Our vision statement. Uh, it is important to understand the vision statement. It's paint a picture of how the church will look in five years. Uh, our values. By the way, I want to mention this. This is very important. Values is what build your vision. Values is what build your vision. When the church have good Bible-based value, you have a Bible-based vision. And it is based on your values and our statement of faith and our goals. Those are the things that you need to know when you are entering into a ministry. And, in, and if you want to create a ministry in church and have a vision for that ministry and be successful in that ministry, and that ministry doesn't have any of this, you need to create one for you for your ministry. For example, if, if you are in the in the music department, uh, what is the purpose of our music in the church? What is our mission with our music? What we're we trying to do? Uh, our vision statement, our values, all of these things will help you to understand all of that. This is important to understand when we come to vision for ourselves, 
and also for the church. Number one, clear mental image. That is why big companies pay a lot of money in a commercial that is last 30 seconds. It paints a clear picture and are willing to pay people that are make those commercials because they understand that a clear mental image in people's mind engage in the vision that you have for them. Do you follow what I'm saying? So it is important to have a clear mental image. Number two, preferable chance. We need uh, change. Sorry. Uh, we need to see what change we need to make in order to make that image more clear. A future focus. Our vision is not the present. It's not where you are. Your present is your current reality. Your vision is your future. So it's, it's important to have that. Uh, impacted by God. Imparted by God. And God is the one that has to give that vision. By the way, when I say future focus, uh, one of the things that they, when they interview me uh, to, to be hired as a pastor, one of the questions that the conference asked me is, how do you see yourself in five years? Think about that. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Or have you ever asked that ministry that you are taking care in the church? How we see this ministry in, in three years, in two years, in this year? What are we going to see out, out of this ministry? It's important. It's imparted by God. A chosen leader. This is important, folks. Chosen leader. The success of any vision is to choose leader correctly. Now, what about if you have been chosen by the church to serve in a ministry, but you don't have the power to choose any leader? Use people of influence. Choosing leader means using people of influence. For example, let me give you an example. In the church, when I came to the English-speaking church, I was fresh new. Uh, I'm still struggling with my English. You see that I have some uh, big accent and fighting. Uh, I have a big passion for English-speaking people. Uh, I said, Lord, help me with this. You, I came to this church brand new. No credibility because I believe credibility is something that you build through time. Uh, not reputation because I have not served in any English-speaking church before. So it is imp I, I didn't have any credibility. But I choose my leaders carefully. That means that when I have a big idea for the church, usually I didn't want, I, I wasn't the one that presented that idea. I use people with the experience, people that have been there for years, people that the church respect to sell that idea. Do you follow what I'm saying? Some people fail projecting the vision for, for the church because they, they want to implement something, but they truly don't have any basis for that idea. But when you use people of influence to back you up with their idea, with, with your idea, then that vision is clear and people start supporting that idea. That is why books, for example, have you read books that at the end it says it was uh, revised by Dr. So-and-so and Dr. So-and-so? Do you know why they are there? Because it gives credibility to the book. In other words, use carefully when you are in a ministry, use people of influence in the church. God, God has given people influence. So use them in your personal level as well. You want to have a vision. Use people of influence. God wants you to choose leader carefully. Know yourself. You know what that means? Know yourself. We have a big issue knowing ourselves when it comes to vision. When you are visioning, it will be time in your ministry when you have to say no. It will be time when you have to say yes. 
it will be time when you have to look at yourself and you have to say, let me see my current reality, where I am right now, to see if I'm still focusing in that vision. Because it's important to know yourself. Know your ministry environment. I remember when I was working with a church, as a church leader in, in one department of the church, and for some reason, I, and I know God did it, but they put a group of bunch of uh, um, young people together, but they were not uh, they were not able to to work together very well. Have you seen people that are very uh, they they give a lot of opinion, but they don't do anything? Um, so we have a whole bunch of people in our group that they wanted they throw ideas, 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 but at this at the time of execution. And they were very poor. So knowing your ministry environment, praise the Lord that, the, 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 uh, that one of the things that helped us to overcome and help us to have a successful ministry is that we started tackling right away the problem. What was the problem? We don't love each other. We, we, are, we, we need to be proactive in our relationship first. We need to know each other. We need to have a time of prayer. And one of the things we did is we did, a, um, um, we did a, the 40 days of prayer where we assign every person of that team. You will pray at this time for me. I will pray this time for you. We're going to call each other because that built unity. And when that unity was built, we started knowing each other. And when, we know, when you know your environment, you know exactly what to do and what not to do. Know God. The foundation of any successful vision for your church is knowing whom? It's knowing God. Do you know God? Have you get to the point that God has spoken to you and, and He said to you very clearly, don't do this? But Lord, everybody is in, in engaged in this, don't do it. Very clear. For example, Jesus himself. There is an occasion when Jesus was walking, and Sister White mentioned about this in a very powerful way. Jesus was just about to be uh, heading to Gethsemane. He was about to give his life for, for, for us. And it was in that week, before, uh, one week before, when people came, and Sister White says, it was people that Satan prepared. People came for Jesus. We're looking for Jesus, that he can teach us ministry. Sister White mentioned that if Jesus would go with them, he would deviate his mind from what he was set to do in a week. So instead of doing that, the, 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 the Bible says that Jesus, when they were looking for him and the disciples said, those people are waiting for you to preach the gospel. You know what Jesus did? He pulled away and he went to the desert to spend time with God. That seems hilarious because our goal is to preach the gospel. Jesus came to preach the gospel. But at one time in, in time, God said, it is time to Go away with me. It is time to reconnect with me. Knowing God is essential for your ministry because God is the ultimate one that will tell you what to do and what not to do. Knowing God, no objective wisdom. You know what that means? Objective wisdom. You want to have success in casting vision for your church and the church embrace the vision Ask the opinion of other people. Don't build yourself a vision and present it to the church. And it, this is the vision. Objective wisdom is, I have this idea, sister. What do you think about? What recommendation you give me? And the, by the way, the Bible says, in the multitude uh, there is wisdom. Meaning that when, when we do things the solo way, we are more... Uh, prone to fail that when we do it coll collectively. So that's what it means, no objective wisdom. Uh, the Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature 
and in favor with God and men. We need to, in order to have a good vision for a church, we need to be mentally ready, physically ready, spiritually ready, and relationally ready. I always say this to people, especially in this one. If you as a leader don't, if you as a leader don't have a good relationship with your team or with your department or with your church, I don't care how much good idea you have, people will not support you because they don't see they don't see that you love them and care for them. Do you know that the method of Christ alone is the only one that will work in, in reaching the soul? You know what, they, what, what Sister White says? He says the method of God alone is the only one that will uh, work. God, uh, God cares for people. God fixed their problem first. God, God didn't say, oh, come to this evangelistic meeting and let's have a meeting. No, he said, let me take care of you first. And then after he saw all the problems, he said, come now and follow me. When you care for people, you have a great success in casting the vision for your church. You need to be what? Spiritually. Listen, folks. Spirituality is something that people can see no matter uh, uh, how hard you try to hide things. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you have seen this before, but uh, you can tell when a person is a spiritual. Have you seen that before? Have that happened to you when you look at a, a person and say, this person isn't a spiritual man? on a spiritual woman. People would trust spiritual people. I don't care how good ideas you have if people in your congregation don't see that you are a spiritual man or a spiritual woman. Meaning you take time to study the Bible because it is a reflection of you. The character of Christ will come out and people will be able to see it. Regardless, have you, seen, have you seen people that they look at you in the street and say, are you a Christian? Because it comes out. comes out. Physically and mentally, you need to be ready as well. This is for personal vision, but also is for the church. First thing we need to do when we create vision for our church is what? Pray for God to reveal Himself. Number, number two, think big. Think big. The biggest issue we have in churches today is that people don't think big because they See, when you think big requires faith, and faith made people uncomfortable. When you, when you, when you see people, well, we're going to do this, and this is big, and, and requires faith, people begin to shake and say, well, well, I don't know if we can do that. That's the point. Think big. We need to think big. If we think something, if we, if we, in, in our ministry, if we do something that we can do, doesn't require faith, we're always going to be a mediocre church, a mediocre ministry. And that's what thinking big is important. Consult others, etc. Develop one or two sentence statement. That's important. You want your vision to be successful? Make sure people, when you, uh, I always say this in, when I preach a sermon, uh, sometimes I ask people, do you know what the pastor talk about? If they are able to tell you what you talk about for an hour in two sentences, you did your job well. If they are, well, he started with this, and he went with that, and he started with all this other thing, and I don't know exactly what the pastor talk about. There is not a statement. 
people with vision is the same thing. When you are casting vision for your church and your personal level, you have to have a clear statement of what you want and where you're going, and this is the plan. Very, very important. Develop one or two sentence statement. Live according to your vision. Acts are more important than what you say. Listen carefully. People can say wonderful things in the platform. People can say wonderful things in ministry. But if you act, you act uh, the way you're acting is not reflect the way you're living, you are in trouble. By the way, let me show you in a, in a text in the Bible of people like that. You want to see? Let me show you. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. By the way, this is a very profound text in the Bible, and it talks about churches. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. Very interesting passage. Let's read it together. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own appearance. Let us, let us only be called by your name. Take away our reproach. Now, let's give a meaning to this. In that day, seven women shall take hold of one man. Women in the Bible represent what? Churches. Number seven in the Bible is perfection, completeness. Meaning, in that day, seven churches that have the true, perfect, complete, will take hold of one man. Who is the man? Jesus said, I'm the son of men. But watch this. We will eat our own food. Now, when Jesus asked about food, he said, I'm the bread of life. And when they asked him about eating, he said, my food is to do the will of my Father who sent me. Now, think about this. In that day, seven churches would say, Lord, you know what? We want to be called by your name. But we're going to live our life the way we please. We're going to eat our own food. That's why you have mediocre Christians today. We're going to wear our own appearance. By the way, appearance in the Bible meaning, means what? Righteousness. He covers us with His righteousness. And we are saved only by the righteousness of Christ. Now think about this. Live according to your vision. If God give you a vision for your church and for your life, that means that God expects that in order for you to be successful in reaching that vision, that you live according to what He has planned for your life. I have the vision that I want to be a good Christian. But you never open the Bible to read the Bible. I don't care how big is that vision, you will never go there. You will never get it. I, I have the vision that I want to be a man of faith. But if you don't read the Bible, when you go through trials and tribulation, by the way, trials and tribulation in our life is what give, you, give us the, 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 is, is the ability for us to exercise our faith. If you're always complaining every time that a tribulation comes and you don't see the whole picture, the vision, you were never going to reach that. Vision starts by living according to the vision. Life choice, choice according to your vision. Evaluate life choice according to vision. What that means? You know what that means? When you have a vision in your life, and you say, I'm heading this way. God has given me this vision for my life. I want to accomplish this vision. 
you will evaluate every choice you make. Meaning, if this goes against the vision that I have for the church or for my life, I reject it. I don't care how good it is. Because I have a vision. Do you follow what I'm saying? So it is important to have a vision in our life. What time do we have? Five? We have to finish. Let me give you my, my two examples that I want to give you in a, in, a, in a small story. In the book of Daniel, chapter 2, God gave Nebuchadnezzar one of the biggest visions that a human being can ever dream to have. In fact, God showed him because he, God was interested in, 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 in saving Nebuchadnezzar. He said, I, go, I would show you history from beginning to end. Can you imagine that? If you, if you would have had the opportunity that God said, come, come to my living room now. I want to show you your future. And God began to reveal to Nebuchadnezzar what will happen. And he said, this is, this is the future. The future is, I'm coming back. By the way, um, Bible commentary says that the reason, one of the reasons why God revealed this future to him is because God was seeking to save Nebuchadnezzar. He revealed the future to him. But the story goes that he lost that vision. He lost that dream. You remember that? And he get up in the morning and say, I, don't, I can't remember what I dreamed last night. So he went to sleep again and God, a merciful God, says, I want to give it to you again. God showed him the vision. By the way, if you get to your point in your own personal life that God had given you an amazing vision and you lost it, go into your needs and ask the Lord, God, give me that vision back. And he is merciful enough, and he will give you that vision back. And Nebuchadnezzar had the opportunity to receive that vision again. But guess what happened for the second time? He lost it. Because Satan is very, uh, is, is, is looking for you to lose what God has given you. Now, this is, this is what amazed me. Nebuchadnezzar didn't say, oh, well, it was a dream. It was a bad indigestion, I will go on with my life. He said, no, this vision, this dream is important for my life. So I will call my soothsayers, I will call my, my astrologers, I will call the magicians, I will call all those people, and I want them to give me the interpretation, and they, I want them to give me the dream. You remember the story? And they gathered together, and they, 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 the king says, I want you, I, I have paid you a lot of money a long time ago for you to interpret dreams, to tell me what it is. I want you to give me the dream, and I want you to give me the interpretation, to know that you are the truth. They couldn't. But this is what caught my attention, and this is what I want you to understand, the importance of vision in our life. In verse 5, Nebuchadnezzar says something to those people, to the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers, that they couldn't tell the dream this. Two things will happen to you if you don't give me the vision back. Number one, listen to this. You will begin to be cut in pieces. And number two, your houses, reading in the Bible, will become dumb hills. When I read that, I said, Lord, what in the world that means to our life? And it hit me, folks. It hit me so hard. God was telling me this. If God give you a vision for your life and you lost it, two things will happen to you or your churches. Number one, you will be cut in pieces, meaning you would be diminished, you would shrink. Meaning, you know, have you seen churches like that? They have lost the vision, they have lost the purpose, and instead of growing, what they are doing, they are shrinking, and they are fighting like cats and dogs in the church, and they are shrinking, and they are diminished. But number two, 
if you lost vision, the vision that God has for your life, not only you will be shrink, uh, shrink and, and, and be cut into pieces, but eventually you will begin to stink. Know what that means? Have you seen leaders like that? Beautiful vision God had revealed to them, but because they had lost the vision in their life and the church doesn't have a vision, the next thing that happened in their life is that they are cut into pieces and they are stinking people. They are not good to be around them. And God is saying, don't be, don't let that happen to you. God told Nebuchadnezzar, I have a dream, I have a vision for you. But God has not changed, folks. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And God has a wonderful vision for you. And a wonderful vision for you, church. Go dream big. Fulfill your calling. Make God's vision a reality in your life. God has said, I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. And you can have that life. The only thing that you have to say is, Lord, help me to create a vision. Help me to live my life according to that vision. Help me to be proactive, basing my vision in my current reality, where I understand where I am right now. Help me to connect my present to my, with my future. Help me to deal with the problems and my failures. That way I can actually see you clearly. And I tell you one thing. God says in Jeremiah in 29 verse 18, I have a great hope for you. I know the plans that I have for your life. Plans not to harm you, but to give you peace, to give you hope, and to give you a future. And that's, I know that that's the plan that God has for each one of us. So may the Lord bless you. And uh, be encouraged. Go back to your church. Be a visionary for Christ. We need people that are looking forward to the future and to vision big. Uh, know your people. Know yourself. Know God. Actually, let me rephrase that. Know God first. Know yourself. And know people. And with that in mind, you will be very successful in everything you accomplish in life. Let's stand and pray as we close. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the great opportunity that you have given us to learn more of our vision. It is important, Lord, that we cast our vision knowing that you have great plans for us. I know that uh, in the Pentecost, when those 120 people gathered together over there at that day, when they were united, when they were one accord, when your Holy Spirit came upon them, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the wonderful words of God. And the wonderful words of God is the things that you have prepared for our future. Help us to cast vision for our personal life and also for our churches. Bless us as we continue knowing more about you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.